0: You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road.
1: Good evening, everyone. This is Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. Uh, we have our special guest Chuck Snows going to be joining us tonight. Chuck, if you're on the line, go ahead and press number one so we can get you queued up and screened in. We want a lot of caller participation tonight. Tonight's show topic is surrounding preparing for the worst or hoping for the best. I spoke with Chuck a little bit earlier, and both of us kind of believe that we might be headed for a little bit of a rocky situation. When it comes to the uh, rates and the uh, spot market, not only in the spot market, but also in the contract market as well, there seems to be a lot of pressure. There seems to be a little bit more capacity, and as we all know, that our industry is an animal of supply and demand, and there seems to be a little bit more supply than there is demand. So we, have to, um, we wanted to try to start to get everyone, all of the listeners that participate on the show, try to get you uh, uh, prepared and different tactics and things that you can do to try to make sure that you can weather the, the coming storm. We want to we be prepared for worst-case scenarios, but at the same time, we want to be, uh, hopefully, you know, we want to be praying, and, and hopefully that, that never comes to fruition, that we can kind of uh, keep coasting along. And, and right now, I don't know, I can only speak for myself, and that's why we want to get heavy caller participation tonight is that um, as far as myself is concerned, it's not been, this year has not been the greatest of years. Uh, It's been a little bit slow, been a little bit sluggish at times, um, and and the rates have been really, really tough, hard setting, especially in particular on the spot market. So we want to try to give some different tips and advice, and Chuck is going to help us out with those things. That's what, that's the, uh, you know, being able to lean on Chuck's expertise and all his years of experience, being in the trucking industry not only as a motor carrier but also as a broker is going to help us out uh, exponentially to help us be able to prepare to weather those storms, you know, it kind of shortens our learning curve as well. Um, And while we're waiting on Chuck trying to check to make sure we're checking to make sure we get him in here, we spoke with him a little bit earlier, uh, we're waiting on him to get in. We got a bunch of callers on the line. It's hard for me to pick the pick the numbers out. So, Chuck, if you're on line, press 1 so we can get you screened in. Uh, but while we're waiting on Chuck, we'll go ahead and jump into this week's USDA truck rate report, uh, the product from USDA. I will put a link of this report up on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page for your uh Viewing Pleasure, you can go back and read the report more in depth. We just kind of skim over the high points on the report here on the, on the podcast. And right now, the only markets that are showing a shortage that you might want to be positioning your trucks is in the southwest Indiana and southeast Illinois mark- markets. Those are the only markets right now that are showing a shortage. They are in, They are in, in dire need of trucks in that area. Still moving, wrapping up the rest of the, um, the, the rounding out the watermelon season out in that area. So uh, if you happen to be located in that area or have trucks that are going to be in that area, you could probably do yourself some favors uh, by chasing down and, and looking at some of those uh, produce lows that are coming out of those particular areas. Places that you might want to avoid. Places that are showing slight surpluses: Yakima Valley, Wenatchee District, Washington, and also South Central California, showing slight shortages. Uh, excuse me, slight surpluses in those particular markets. Places that you might want to just avoid outright, like the Plague, Mexico Crossing through Nogales, Arizona, showing outright surpluses in those markets. South District, California, showing outright surpluses in those markets. Big Lake in central Minnesota showing outright surpluses in those markets. Southern New Mexico, Mexico crossing through Texas, and Texas as a whole showing outright surpluses in those areas. So, those are some areas that you may want to avoid outright, uh, um, not want to be, maybe a little bit tough sledding, uh, trying to get a decent rate and actually even moving your truck in a productive manner in those particular markets. And, okay, we got Chuck Snow up and on board with us here. Chuck, how you doing? I'm
2: well. How are you, Rico?
1: I'm doing great, doing great. Glad to have you with us tonight. I kind of already gave a little bit of a preliminary introduction as to what we talked about earlier. You know, we want to talk about trying to get everyone prepared for the worst while uh, hoping for the best because we both, during our conversation a little earlier, thought that we might be in for a little bit of a rocky road coming down, and we want to try to get some people aware and get people prepared for what may be coming down the pipe. So with that said, with no further ado, let's welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chuck Snow. Chuck, uh, where do you want to take this thing to start out with?
2: Well, first of all, what I'd love to do tonight, Rico, and thank you for having me on the show, I think tonight, as we discussed earlier, I think what we really need is we need some support from our listeners to just call in. Let us know what it's like in your areas. Um, you know, you, when you do the, um, the, DAT, the DAT report, uh, that gives us an idea, but it's not really 100%. Uh, I'd like to hear it from the people in the front line, what they're seeing, because What you and I are seeing and what uh, business is seeing is a little bit different sometimes than what we hear. And uh, there are some concerns. As I mentioned during an earlier conversation, when the truck manufacturers are starting to hurt a little bit and uh, sales are down considerably, that is, I can tell everybody out there, that's a real warning sign. And that's what really brought my, uh, my idea into to focus about talking about what happens if, you know, there's a real good chance in the United States uh, right after inaugura- the inauguration parade, um, mm-hmm. the parade's going to be over and the, your new president, whoever he or she is, is going back to the white house. And later that evening, mm-hmm. you're going to hear the uh, dreaded R word that we don't really want to say, but it's very possible. The writing is on the wall because big truck sales are down um, from what I'm hearing from some of my friends in the United States, in general, business isn't as robust as it was. Uh, seems to be not, all of a sudden, uh, not the turnover in drivers, uh, which in some ways, you know, I could imagine, especially with some of the bigger carriers, it's got to be a little bit of a, um, a chance to catch their breath because, of course, the driver turnover has been insane for the last few years. Um, there's been a real shortage of drivers, and now all of a sudden things like this happen, and we get a correction. Now, could all be wrong, and maybe there's other reasons that uh, truck sales are down. Um, but from what I've experienced, you know, being in this business for uh, for decades, usually that is a telltale sign when business stops investing in equipment. And as we all know, trucks are front line equipment. And trucks do wear down, and people have trade in uh, they have trade in programs and they have uh, re, you know they have their uh, their cycles and seems to be a lot of uh, concern there. So I just would like to see if we can get some people to call in. Let us know what it's like in your neck of the woods. Are you noticing anything? Um, what you and I can talk about meanwhile is how people can get prepared. What's the best way? You mentioned something which I think is uh, brilliant but yet painful to a lot of people, and that is a war chest. We talked about that today Uh, for our people out there, you know, and I don't care whether you're a single owner operator uh, or you run a fleet. You need to have some money in the bank. Uh, What happens if? What happens if one of those customers takes you down or tries to and they owe you some money? you know, every week uh, and I did not catch it tonight. How was the the delinquent broker report? Did you mention anything of that tonight?
1: No, I didn't go into the uh into that particular report. Um as a matter of fact I'm I'm probably gonna have a little bit of difficulty trying to pull that report up right now. Um I'm I'm in the process of switching some stuff over and I'm and and I'm actually if it was a, uh, it was tough sledding. I, I just barely got my computer turned on right before it was time to go on the air.
3: <laughs> so, uh,
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, I may not be able to get a hold of that particular of uh, the the delinquent uh, 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 creditor report as far as the brokers are concerned. But um, I think that because the majority of our audience is the smaller small carriers. And people that may be leased on to own operators, or people that even may be leased to a, a larger company that are thinking about making the jump into getting their own authority, and and that's kind of a thing that we kind of talked about as well as as far as is, is now the best time to do that. Um, you know, and, and and my take on on that particular subject is is if, if you don't have any direct customers lined up right now. Ready to roll before you go and, and file for your authority. I I would suggest you just hold off and stay where you are right now and begin and and, and continue to uh, build that war chest that we were talking about a little earlier. And um and and the reason that I say that is, you know, once you once you make that transition to being a motor carrier, there's a whole nother world of expenses that that opens you up to uh, when you know you're talking about your insurance. And, and all those different things that that goes up exponentially versus being leased on to a motor carrier. Um, so, so Chuck, maybe we'll go down that line of thinking for a little bit and, and and see where that takes us for a second. And just want to remind everybody that's on the line. We got a bunch of people on the line. I got a we got a few people that's got their hands raised. We want a lot of heavy caller participation tonight. So you and the way that you can participate is by pressing the number one that puts you in the queue uh my my lovely daughters that are back home in Atlanta they are helping us out with the podcast and they are screening calls so be patient with them they'll get right to you and, and get your try to get your name and where you're calling from and they'll get you up on board so we can try to get to you as quickly as we can and chuck with that said as far as what are you what's your opinion on jumping in and getting your own authority and as soon as you finish that point we got a few people screening in and we'll start taking some calls
2: I think you nailed it, Rico. If you don't have direct customers, don't get in the ring because all of a sudden you're in a different realm with expenses and everything else. And even if you do have direct customers, they better be good ones because what happens is it's called contagion, and it means contagious. And what happens is if things go bad, you could have a customer that's very healthy today, but if they take a big hit and they lose a huge customer they could be gone tomorrow so just remember that even if you are getting your own authority and you've got your own customer you've got to keep an eye on your customer keep an eye on their credit keep an eye on how they're doing because it doesn't take much we work on pennies in this business ladies and gentlemen and it doesn't take much when we're paying so much for trucks and and for tires and diesel fuel and insurance and everything else there's not a lot left at the end of the day so That's why you need to be so careful when you are out there on your own because you don't have a carrier to fall back on. You're the front line. You're the breadwinner for your family. So you've got to be able to feed your family. That's number one. I think I'll leave with that. And let's hear what these people have to say. Let's hear if if we're on the right track or not or if people are noticing the opposite. Cool. Well,
1: let's let's jump over here and let's grab Christopher right now. We got Christopher up and on board with us. Christopher, if you don't mind, tell us whether or not you, if you have your own authority, and and what type of equipment do you pull, and tell us what you are experiencing.
4: Well, well I, I I just want to add to the sad news. But first of all, thank you for taking my call, Rico, and all all the best to to you and truck. Um, well. You know, as you know, it, uh, it, it's a it's a uphill task. You got to fight, and as, as I was talking to the truck some time ago, you got to put in the work, and you got to fight and fight and don't give up. So that that's what I'm doing. But um, right now, I'm I'm up in the north east, uh, midwest corridor, and it's not so bad. I moved from down south and came up here, and I'm running, um, doing some short loads, and it's not doing so bad. Right now, but I, um, I don't have my own authority, and, and the reason why is because of that main point that you guys just um, pointed out is that um, I, I don't have customers, direct customers. So I'm kind of um, fearful to say uh, about getting any authority or anything like that. So I'm running under somebody's authority at the moment. I, I have a freightliner and, and I pull reefer loads. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. So the the person that you're the person that you're running up under their authority, do they have um, do they have direct customers, or they able to keep you busy, or are they running are you running under their authority, just uh running off of the load boards on the spot Mark?
4: Uh, I'm running off the 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 truck stop um, load board here. Um, how you making out? Uh well uh, as I said right now um I'm up in the northeast, and I'm just running short loads from the week start, like you know just running some short loads, maybe two hundred miles hundred and fifty miles, one hundred and seventy miles and um it, it's not too bad right now.
2: How much are you averaging a mile, Christopher
4: uh over two dollars like um I have this load that I'm carrying so hundred and seventy mile pays me nine hundred dollars. Fantastic. Uh, I
2: want everybody out there to listen. You may have the secret sauce. I've been saying this for a while. Uh, you, no offense, Christopher, I don't know your truck, but it's stupid. It's a truck. It doesn't know where it's going. It doesn't know whether it's going to Louisiana, California, Mississippi, or Arkansas, and it's going to get the same fuel mileage pretty much no matter where you go, and you're running two or 300 miles for 900 bucks. That's great business. And if you do stuff like that, you're going to do well. You'll survive. It's the guys that want to do the long stuff and stretch their legs. It's costing them. They're better off to get on a Greyhound bus or an airplane.
4: Yeah, well, you know, I, I, a friend of mine told me that um, if you go up in South Dakota and up in Minnesota, they're, they're paying um, um, three, four bucks a mile to get something to go down to Florida. So, you know, I, I, I'll I'll do some short loads, and then when I'm ready to go down south, I'll just... Go go up north and um and take a good paying load and 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 go down south. You know they're paying good. Well, I just, um you from just, up. you know,
2: Christopher, I just heard Rico at the beginning. You better check that out. Um, first of all, it's Florida, and you're going to come empty out of there. You're going to uh you know you're going to come out for eighty five cents a mile. I think you and I have discussed that before. Um and then I just heard Rico just say before that. Minnesota is not looking very well, so just be careful because you may end up there and end up not doing very well get away from home.
4: Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking. I, I know we could mention um, um, I mean Illinois and, and um, Indianapolis up that play up there okay. is doing a little bit. The South Dakota is doing um, good also because there's no truck up there. So that's what's happening. But I wanted you guys to either touch on the e-logs. I heard that um, in 15 months, it's going to be mandatory for all truck drivers to be on e-logs. And I think this is what is going to affect the truck. You might say loads, not getting um, good paying loads is bad now. But if you get e-logs in 15 months and everybody's mandatory to go on e-logs, it's going to put a lot of owner-operators out of business because it is bad now. How much more going on e-logs where, one, um, there's not enough parking, um, there's not enough rest area, um, and and the the list goes on. You know, that is going to affect truck drivers drivers drastically.
2: You know, first of all, as far as e-logs, they're coming. It's just like winter. It's almost September, and we're going to have winter, and we're going to have snow, and I have... News for you, everybody out there, we're going to have e-logs. It's coming. Uh, North America, I think, is the only place in the world where they still have paper logbooks. The rest of the world has gone to e-logs. We can bellyache all we want. It's coming. We're going to have to learn to work with it, okay? If you're running your business by cheating on your logbooks, your business is not viable. It's not sustainable. You cannot continue to do what you've been doing. So, if you've been getting away with it for the last 10, 20, 30, 40, or 50 years, uh, well, you've been good at cheating, but now you need to change how you do business or you're not going to be able to do business like that anymore. And the good thing about it is everybody's going to have to sing off the same song sheet. So as Rico and I have talked about on this show before, you've got the secret sauce already by running these short trips because you can plan. You know, you run those two or 300-mile trips, and you're running for, uh, you know, for $250 or $3 a mile, you don't have to worry about e-logs or paper logs. You're going to be legal. It's when all of a sudden you go out into unfamiliar territory, like the Dakotas, and you're in Rapid City, South Dakota, and you've finished your shift, and you can't find a place to park because all the truck stops are, are full. And you've never been there before. You haven't been there in a year or two or five. And that's where we get into trouble. So I think in some ways, I think eLogs may not be as bad as everybody thinks. Everybody looks at it as the boogeyman. Let's look at it as an opportunity. How are you going to make money with it? We're in the trucking business. We, we're soldiers. We take disadvantages and turn them into advantages. That's what tr- truckers do. And we need to look at it with... with e-logs as well nobody likes it okay i do have drivers that haven't driven i actually have young guys or younger guys that have never used paper logs and i have older guys that have gone to e-logs that will when they came in they said i want e-logs i'm not doing paper logs so it's not as bad as what you think as long as you pre-plan your trips and i think what we need to get away from is that whole mentality, you just mentioned it, of going running somewhere because you hear that the, uh, the rate per mile is good out of that area, and it could be for melons or, or whatever. Um, it's that mentality where we're doing stuff by the seat of our pants that we need to stop doing because that gets all of us in trouble. What happens is... Word gets out there that out of Illinois, you're getting 3 or $4 a mile. Next thing you know, there's 10,000 lo- trucks in, Illinois, in southern Illinois, and there's 1,000 loads. Well, now all of a sudden the rate, that good 3 or $4 a mile rate, goes down to $0.90 cents or $1.10 a mile. And that happens all the time. And we need to get away from that, and we need to start going to some sort of a balance if we're going to have a sustainable industry. We are our own worst enemies. And that's where we gotta stop it. None of this happened
1: but, yeah, before and
2: deregulation.
1: And what, what Chris was talking about too, you know, if you're doing the shorter runs, you might be able to do a little bit better. But I but I've been experiencing even with the shorter runs, this is my personal experience. On the spot market, even with the shorter runs, the rates have not been as, as lucrative <laughs> as they once were. Uh usually uh at one point in time
0: in Atlanta,
1: if you just did a regular run in Atlanta, if you did from one end of Atlanta to the other end of Atlanta, you know, it, you could you could easily get 500 bucks just to do a move like that. Uh, and, and now, as of lately, uh, when I'm if I'm just sitting at home and if I just want to stay at home for the day, and if I try to do something on the spot market, a spot move in Atlanta, uh, you'd be lucky to get uh, 300 bucks. You'd be lucky to even get 250 bucks. And, and I just refuse, you know, if, if I want to sit at home, I refuse to crank up the truck for anything less than that. Um, with that said, let's go back to the phone lines. We got Robert Baker that's going to be joining us here. Robert, you're up live with Rico and Chuck. What kind of truck do you have? And also, I got what it. type of equipment do you pull? Oh,
5: good afternoon. Good evening, gentlemen. I run a uh, 2010 Cascadia. I run 53 van. Um I run and, uh, three, uh, I-10, okay. I 10, I 4. Yeah, I run I-10, I-40 corridor, uh, primarily Arizona to Nevada, or I run uh, short hops in Texas. And I can tell you, uh, over the past two weeks, uh, the short hops in those areas have turned into the 90-pound Winklings. The uh, Arizona runs up to Nevada. I used to get, uh, uh, just last month, I get $600 on a uh, 287 load. 287-mile uh, run, right now they're pricing out at uh, about 400, Wow! And that's the Ouch. And that's the Pepsi loads. I mean, you would think that those loads with uh, sports coming up, uh, the sports season coming up, they'd be shipping more products. But, no, actually, they're shipping just as much product, but the rate's really gone down. Uh, Out here in Texas, I was getting runs from Houston to Dallas for six-plus. Those have dropped down to about 4, 450. Hell, just to get out of uh, Laredo, I had to pull a load for, uh, I think it was 550 for a 300-plus-mile run. It's it's time for me to shift territories that's along my corridor uh, that'll find better short hops while I'm out. Because uh, the areas that I usually run, they just can't—they're
1: unsustainable. So you're primarily also running, running—you're uh, primarily running spot market freight, is that correct, or do you have, uh, do you what? have your own customers? I
5: have—I don't have my own customers. What I do is, uh, I'm a core carrier with C.H. Uh, Robinson. Uh, I've been working with them for about uh, four months now, so I can actually pick off loads three days before they hit the open market. And even with that, the the rates at uh, CHR's gone down big time.
2: Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, part of it part of it is because there's uh, there's more equipment out there. There's a capacity issue where there's too much equipment and not enough work. And and that's what that's what bring, brought me to the idea of this discussion tonight. This is these are sure signs of it. And all we yeah. have to do to get or to work with this is we need to figure out what we can do. Um, maybe that Texas corridor you're working in that may be a rough one because there's certainly a lot of equipment that was tied up at one point in the oil uh, industry that's probably not being used for oil. And uh, you know, a tractor's a tractor. It may not be really built for hauling, uh, you know, 53-foot dry vans, but somebody's using it for that. It's probably over spec but somebody's picked it up off of an auction site or had it working in oil and has chosen to be pulling dry vans between Houston and Dallas or whatever, and that's cut into your business, Robert. You know, we're seeing it all yep. over Canada from the oil fields, you know, a lot of that equipment. That was, you know, and and a variety of equipment that was being used to service the oil fields, and some of it was even reapers because you had uh, more people in places like Alberta and Saskatchewan that were they were consuming uh, consumables. You know, they they were consuming paper products and and they were consuming food and they were consuming all sorts of things. They're not working there anymore, and we have the same thing in your country in any of the oil patches uh, because oil is down. And, and, of course, that's where this, a lot of this is stemming from. We had some bumper years, all of us, and, uh, and I think when we look at it, the, uh, the thing that was driving it all was oil. And I thought that our country up here in Canada was dependent on it, but from what I'm reading and what I'm finding out is your country is not a whole lot different than ours. It's still driven by oil in the end. And yeah. just, you, you had more of a uh, diversified economy than we did. You had a much healthier and much larger manufacturing base. But even that is starting to, in certain sectors, uh, such as truck manufacturing, and that's the start of it. Uh, you know, your truck manufacturers and engine component manufacturers, etc., cetera, et cetera, they're starting to back off, and that will have other effects. It, it just goes down the line. So, you know, the best advice I can give you is find, you know, if you live in that area, maybe there's another type of work you can do with your truck that's not dry van. You know, maybe there's opportunities with tanks or flatbeds or step decks or double drops. I have no idea. Uh, but maybe there's some other things other than dry vans. That down. Well, dry vans are always the low-hanging fruit because anybody can buy one pretty cheap and start competing.
5: Yeah. Do you mind if I uh, touch on a couple of things real quick? Sure. Um, one thing I didn't know about the majority of truck drivers is we go where the market is. That's always been the case uh, since they deregulated. Uh, I move where the freight is. If the freight's moving out of one area, I'll go to that area. So it's basically up to me to research the market on that score. Um, basically, we follow the money. That's That's our job. Um, Rico, I've got a question for you. Um, I am not able to find any of your podcasts at all. Can you post a link on Facebook? Oh, where no, no, find- No? You don't do that? Well, actually, actually,
1: no, 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 no. I was saying, oh, no. But actually, if you go to uh, my webpage, uh, com, they should be RSS fed on my website. And uh, I know that Henry Seaton also he has them RSS on his website, uh, especially the podcast that we do with him. And uh, and and they should be up on the uh, if you go to the Audio Roll Network if you go to lesstruck and if you click on um, um, the podcast, if you click on my if you yeah. click on my picture, it should take you it should take you to all of the podcasts.
5: Okay. That's what I needed to know because I've listened to your show before, but I haven't been
1: able to find it. Yeah, that may be the easiest one. If you go to Less Truck, if you click on my picture, it should take you to all of the previous uh, podcasts that we have on, on, on file there. Um, and I'm trying to do it right now just to verify that, just to make sure that that's the case. And, yes, that is the case. You can go right there and uh, and, and see the latest episodes that are there. Everything is right there. And you can subscribe to it via uh, uh, iTunes, and you can subscribe to, to the feed right there as well.
5: Excellent. All right. And if I can, one more thing. Uh, I think uh, electronic logs are the best thing that's happening to this industry because it's going to make people run illegal. Um, that's coming from 12 years, 13 years of driving. Most of that has been on electronic logs. Heck, I'm using big roads right now as my electronic logs. Right.
1: I, I, and and I'm I'm not a big, um, you know, I understand that some people, and we're going to put you back on hold there, Robert. We're going to try to move on and get a couple more calls in. But as far as the electronic logging issue is concerned, I think that my, my personal opinion is, it's going to be as long as we charge accordingly. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't, we're not the best. We're not the best business uh, businessmen, and, and 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 we have to understand that the us smaller guys make up the majority of the capacity in this country. Uh, the one and the, you know the guys that got guy from one to ten trucks. We we make up the majority of the capacity. For trucking throughout the entire country, so we have a lot of 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 uh, influence. We're just we're just so fragmented. We we, we don't have any way of actually communicating it and, and, and trying to get you know uh, get everybody on the same page. The only thing we can do is try to get out as much education as we possibly can. But we have to stop giving away discounts and giving away free labor. One of the biggest things that we have done uh, that I think we shot ourselves in the foot is by giving away so much free labor. And that's why there has been so little movement in the rates because they think that they, you know, a lot of people think that they can get something for nothing because we are not, we have not been very savvy when it comes to our business practices as far as uh, uh, pricing and charging according to what that uh, service requires. Um, I want to get to uh, another little point as well. We've talked about having a war chest, and I just want to give out a couple of little different pointers. When we were talking about that uh, a little bit earlier, Chuck, building that war chest and, and, and being an entrepreneur requires you to have a different mindset. You cannot have a mindset of consumption. You have to have a more conservative mindset of, Defending your business, defending your livelihood, and what do I mean by that? That you know, uh, I know that a couple of people may, uh, you know, you may be have been eyeing this nice little shiny bass boat that you've been looking at for the past couple of years or something like that, and you may have a little bit of money put back to be able to go ahead and purchase it outright or have the creditability to go ahead and and, and get that nice little bass boat or a nice pickup truck or whatever it is that you may be eyeing, but. By taking on more debt at this point in time, you actually may be setting yourself up for failure. You want to, at this point in time, I think that you should be hoarding as much cash as you possibly can one of the things that you know, um, as everybody knows, you know, I, I love Dave Ramsey. One of the things that Dave Ramsey always talks about is having that emergency fund or that war chest or whatever. And and he he recommends not only on a personal for your personal uh, on a personal side, but even for your business side, he recommends that you try to store away six months to one year worth of cash to be able to operate your business should something detrimental happen. And now now, I know with the expenses that I know with my own operation that I got a lot of ground to cover before I can even try to get to having six months' worth of cash stashed away. but that's a goal that we should be shooting for. Um, Chuck anything you want to add to this, and the would come right to you and if you want to get in by the way, go ahead and press number one. We want to get to your calls as well. We still want to get more information from more of you guys that are out there, so we, we welcome your participation. And with that said, I'm going to throw it back over to Chuck. Chuck, anything you want to throw on there as far as building Please that call, marches Some different things, you know different tactics.
2: You, you said it perfectly about uh, having cash reserves. Um, you can't be going out and buying yourself presents in the terms of uh, a bass boat or a new pickup truck unless you have that war reserve. You guys need to understand out there that if we do, and I hope we're wrong, I hope this whole conversation is for nothing and come inauguration day they the dow jones is, announces they've had the best day ever and that the u.s economy has been stronger than it's ever been And I, because of course when that happens you guys always take canada with for the ride which is good we certainly don't want it the other way um but you need that war chest when you're thinking about spending money for your business sometimes what you have to do separate yourself and say well listen if i was if your name is Rico, and you are going to go and buy that bass boat, or you are going to go and buy that uh, you know those shiny rims for your truck, you, what you do is you say, Rico, if I hired you as the president to run Crescent carriers and you went out and spent uh, an extra thousand bucks on shiny rims for truck and trailer, um, would the board of directors would they applaud you, or would they give you hell? And if the answer is, they would give you hell. Well, then you don't make the decision. Don't you have to just take your – and it's an easy thing to do sometimes. You just take yourself, put yourself in another role in the company and step back for a second, and then you decide whether that's a good idea. And it sounds real silly, but it will guide you as to whether you should really be buying that new trailer that you'd really like but you don't really need. So you really need to decide on a personal level, and on a, especially on a business level, do you need it or do you want it? Because there's two different things. And if you can make do, Absolutely. The, the, the trick right now is don't spend any money. I have been through this before. Um, I can tell you in the last uh, the last recession, I was advised to, uh, about a year and a half before to go and update my trailers. And I nodded my head and said, sure, sure, I'm going to do that. And I decided not to. And I kept all my old garbage. And I fixed it when it needed fixing. And I was able to keep everything on the road. It wasn't pretty. But guess what? I didn't have one trailer payment. And that carried me through. You know, we got through the last recession a lot easier than our American friends did. But we, we ran into a little bit of a... A hiccup here and there right towards the end, but we were fine because we had number one cash reserves. And the reason for that was because we didn't spend any money on equipment. We didn't have any debt. So you'll want to try to work towards being debt free plus have money in the bank. That's your goal. That's why you are in business. Otherwise go take a job working for FedEx or whoever, get a job as a truck driver. You'll make good money. Uh, but if you want to be on your own, you have responsibility to your family and to your company. So own up to it, take responsibility, be accountable, and make good decisions. And those good decisions come great. along with pricing too.
1: Great, great. Let's take some calls here. We got. Uh, Let's do that. We got. Oh man, we 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 had. I had the Nard that was lined up next. The Nard, if you're listening, get back in, buddy. We got Steve. We got Steve here going to bring up and on board with the Steve. What kind of truck are you driving? Tell us a little bit about your operation. and What are you seeing out there as far as rates?
3: Uh, yes, uh, Rico. Yes, I'm uh, driving. Uh, I'm driving a draw van with uh, Landstar, and uh, I stay out ten days. And I, I have a lot of contract freight. I run three good loads that give me about eight grand of uh, of uh, revenue, of which I keep fifty five hundred of it. You know, Landstar's. I take their third. Uh, but uh, where well, I make my money, and Chuck mentioned it earlier. Uh, I'm up here in the Northeast. I got up here today with my one of my four loads, and I run three loads between today and Friday. And it'll give me another twenty eight hundred in revenue, about nineteen hundred to me. And they're short loads, four dollars a mile, things like that. Oh. I'll keep, you know, I'll keep two seventy five out of that. And so I'm able to make it by by really like to say concentrating on, on the short loads. On this freight, it's not my contract freight. My contract freight pays good. Now it's down. Even at Landstar, the contract freight, I've had you know three drops in rates over the last year, but they're still great loads, and I still make great money on them. I was making crazy money back in fourteen on them, though.
1: Yeah, we all right, were. right. And yeah, and and, man, and the key thing that that you just said is you are <laughs> you are a Landstar BCO. So you don't, you don't necessarily have the added expense of a um, motor carrier as far as when, I'm, and when I say about the added expense as far as the extra money that, that having your own insurance is going to run you. Uh, you get to save a little bit of money, and you also get money-saving benefits by being part of Landstar with their uh, extensive network when it comes to you know, their purchasing power. So that, 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 that definitely helps to the bottom line for you as well. Uh, that's good information. Yeah, yeah. and
3: everybody gripes about the third that they take. I I don't gripe about it because, as Mr. Snow there knows, uh, they're a company that has, uh, or the agents have a lot of great freight. Now, if if you take care of that agent, and you take take care of your, agent is my customer, and then his customer is my customer. If I take care of both of them, I've got all the work I want that pays good because there are enough unreliable drivers out here, even with Landstocks. That if you're reliable, you're going to, you know, the cream's going to rise to the top if you will do what you say every time and do it right. And, uh, yeah, that's what I would urge everybody to do. You know, don't ever treat a customer, a broker, uh, anybody bad because that is your customer. Uh, you know, the shippers, receivers, you know, if you're upset with them, uh, you know, bite your tongue, walk outside and, uh, yeah, when you get back in the truck, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> uh, you still got to you still got to take care of that customer. That, that customer, even though they may have been a little rude to you, they are still you know, if you if you're rude back to them, they're going to call your agent, they're going to call your broker, and they're going to say don't don't let that guy back in here again. And uh, so you always, uh, I think Big has said it best: if you give everybody else what they want, you can have all of what you want. And you got uh, it. I'm on now. You know, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, life's still good. It was great two years ago. It's still good if, you, if you'll take care of your customers, take care of your business, and like you said, put away money. Yeah, be yep. ready for the downturn because it's
1: coming. just right. Absolutely. Well, Steve, we appreciate your call, appreciate you letting us know what was going on in your operation. Continue success, my friend. Be safe out there. I'm going to put you back on hold. We're going to try to grab a few more callers and get some more people mixed in here. Moving right along, we're going to jump over. Let's grab Mark. Mark, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about your operation? What type of truck and trailer are
0: you pulling, and uh, what type of race are you seeing? Uh, I do have my own authority. Uh, it's uh, second year as a startup. Uh, I got just got my second truck here about three months ago. Uh, my brother actually drives it for me, and I work, I work strictly off the off the boards. Uh, I've actually keep a laptop in the truck wired 24/7, work directly with the brokers. Uh, and, and I have a good reputation. We do good work. We, we schedule everything. We're in on time. We're nice to everybody. We do everything we're supposed to do. Uh, when I first started this operation two years ago, there was some surplus uh, in, in, in money. And, and I don't go out and buy anything. The company comes first. Uh, and 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 we're making what a decent a qu- living. What type of equipment? What type
1: of equipment, uh, you pulling, I'm r- Mark? R- running a, a 2012 uh,
0: 387 and uh, uh, 2013 KWT 660 pulling flatbeds, 48 flats. Flatbeds. Uh, we we All try right. to flatbeds. yeah we yeah we 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 try to. I've kind of cut my throat a little bit on some stuff because we try not to do a lot of tarp work. Uh, lumber's really cheap. We try to stay away from that. And, and we go home every weekend. Uh, there's been twice in, and almost two years that we haven't made it home for the weekend. So I, I, some people say that I've set myself up for failure. Uh, and I've got a big gold ring that I'm trying to jump in and, and doing all of that and making those limitations. Uh, but we're still making it and, and we get home every weekend. What area uh, we run? run set. So- uh, the, uh, uh, we, we run, uh, our terminal is in, uh, South Alabama, north, uh, near Pensacola mobile area. Uh, sure. so I've got a lot of good outbound freight, uh, leaving, uh, mobile Pensacola area. Uh, the, the runs that I've been making the past two years out of mobile going outbound, still getting decent money on mobile, New Orleans, uh, along the I-10 corridor, going out it's good coming back it's just absolutely the 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 areas that i've depended on charlotte atlanta nashville memphis uh for back halls, they have just absolutely bottomed out and they're they're if you can get a load they're cheap uh yeah so we've just had we've just had to cut back on our operation uh we've 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 said i'm not putting we're getting by, you know, we're keeping the trucks up. We're spending a lot of money on maintenance, tires, equipment, all the money's going back into the company and just hoping and praying that when things do pick up, you know, that we'll be at good standings with all these customers. I've got I've got brokers that call me every day wanting me to do loads for them because they got to have it there. They got to have it on time. They're trying to get new customers. Uh, you know, one of the things that people don't realize with these brokers is uh, their customers – flip flop just like everybody else does if if a if a if some if a supplier thinks that he can get his load moved cheaper with another broker, they move it to a different broker uh and that's part of the problem with the rates in my opinion too uh because there are a lot of brokers out there that are putting loads out that are really really cheap. And there are a lot of carriers that are taking them, you know, whether it's to get their guys home, just to have freight on the truck, just to just to get the miles, whatever the case may be. But when you sit and watch the boards 12, 14 hours a day, five or six days a week, and you see some of these loads uh, last year. In an area that was paying $1.80 to $2 a mile, and now it's $0.80 cents to a dollar a mile, and those loads are only on the board 10 or 15 minutes, and somebody takes them, there's a problem with that. 100%. Uh, well, I'll and, give
2: you some advice there. What I would do, you're in a great area for freight. Um, I know it well. Uh, I strongly suggest for your two trucks, reel them in a little bit. Pick an area. Um, the only way you're going to beat this, whether it's Memphis or, uh, or Piedmont, South Carolina, it doesn't matter, or Charlotte, pick one area. Just become the go-to guy from Pensacola to Charlotte. You're just make that yours. That's what you do. Don't do anything else because you'll, you can get the outbound out of Pensacola into whatever area you desire and then work the other area. You're, you're going in too big a range. What, you're doing everything right except where you're going, you're, you're, where you're heading to. Your destinations are way too broad. Tighten it way up. Tighten it up by about 98%, and you're going to make money.
0: Right. We, we, I try to limit. Uh, we're, we're, we're running big roads, so we've already switched to e-logs, but they're editable. And, and we don't cheat if we can help it. Uh, but we try to keep that 500 mile range. If, if each truck can gross a thousand bucks a day, I'm in great shape. You know, I, I, all the bills are paid and there's a little bit left over. And that is our normal lane is mobile to Charlotte. Uh, okay. I can dead I can deadhead down to, and I run that lane more than any other lane. When I step out of that lane, you're absolutely correct. That's when I start getting snake bit a little bit. Uh, I'm what, having to, what, what, as what a, Chuck, right? What Chuck is, what I think, what the other thing that Chuck is is also alluding to is, is, with
1: that as well, Mark, is is you know begin marketing directly. Uh, if, if you can go direct, right? You 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 can you you will stand to probably add conservatively if you can get a direct versus what you're doing for a broker. On a conservative side, you might be adding maybe 30, anywhere from 30 to 50 cents per mile to your bottom line per mile if you can get that right. direct freight. And and it, and it helps right. build you. And it sounds like you, can want that, that, that you know what I'm saying, that you're really uh, caring about the right thing, that you care about taking care of your customers. And, and if you can establish yourself with that, those people are going to absolutely love you. Uh, you know, that relationship is just going to flourish because – you do take so much pride in making sure that the job is getting done. And so if you can start to get some direct customers, you know, if you you got your dumbbell set, if you know that those are the two areas that you're going to be working, you know, just start reading some more material as far as marketing or whatever to maybe give yourself some ideas on what you can do to market in those areas, to get yourself in your company in front of those areas to get your phone to ring from not only just dealing with brokers by posting your truck on load boards, but actual uh, uh, being able to inv- invoice directly to a shipper that's going to be calling you so that you can actually turn the uh, the margins that the brokers are making off that freight that you're hauling can
0: translate into your bottom line versus to their bottom line. Right. Yeah, my my biggest issue with that is capacity. <laughs> I, I get it. They, well, no, have, no, that's, that, that's, not, that, that's,
1: that's not that's not a, that's not a, that's not an issue at all. You 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 go to market the capacity that you have. It, it, you know you right. you 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 can put you can with two trucks. Hell, you can put a truck in and you can have a truck in a market every day. So you know what I'm saying. You, you you're not saying that you you're you're not. Going in there, trying to promise them the world. Promise them the world. You're you a your smaller uh, operation, which they ought to be able to identify. Uh, especially most of your people are going to be small businesses. They can identify with that, uh, especially in the flat market. It seems, just my humble opinion. It seems that the flat debt market is a little bit more of an easier egg to crack than some of the other markets because you have a little bit of the. You have a little less corporate. Uh, Bureaucracy to go through to actually get to a decision maker. Most of your stuff when you can see that. You can see that freight sitting out there on the yard when you're just riding around town. So when you see that, <laughs> hey, just whip in there, and, 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 and you have to, you know, and, and this is go. I'm not just saying this to you, Mark. I'm saying this to myself at the same time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this directly to myself. You have to get over your. Get out of your own mindset as far as being in your way of saying they're, they're gonna tell me no. You have to get over that. Just suck it up, go in there and do whatever it is that you need to do to try to win that business for yourself. Because one thing that we forget in especially in this industry, we we become entrepreneurs but we, we, we we're we're kind of cheating the process because by going after the, the low boys have crippled us so much to the point to where we don't have adequate marketing and sales skills to actually be a true entrepreneur. And I'm not trying to I'm not saying that it's any disrespect to anybody. I'm just saying that for for the most part, most truckers are we, we get we get petrified of actually going in and doing the hard work that it's going to take to win that direct business, and that's and until we uh, uh, gird up our loins to crack that nut, we are going to still be uh, uh, relegated to just settling for whatever uh, whatever the brokers are willing to part with, um, versus us being able to go determine to and, and, and make sure that we get getting what we want to get for our business and, yeah. and making our business successful. So I, I just wanna I wanna leave you with that little that little nugget, Mark. I appreciate the phone call. We're gonna try to keep it moving. We're running we're running real tight. Let's go to our good friend, and I know we're gonna hear it from this fella right here. Let's go to our good friend George Hank. George, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, George. Uh, you know, I don't know.
6: I, I'm not sure what to say, uh, but I'll say this, and I'm very honored and proud. And I know it aggravates a lot of people, but just over four years ago, Kim and I started our business. I'm honest and proud to say this year my broker rate is 0%, and we are slated to do some incredible revenue adding the second truck this year. But when I look at my numbers compared to what they were when I started on a rate per mile rate per day for me, everything is up considerably. Um, and I didn't start on a low end. But what I do want to say, and this may come about, and, and I, I, I'm sorry because it will be at the demise of someone else, this is a great time to buy good, used equipment, and I'm looking for a step deck. I want to upgrade mine. I'm probably going to upgrade my original truck this year, and, um, you know, I, we're in a very good financial situation to do it. We're pretty honest and, and with our customers and, and downright proud that, you know, this year we were able to turn everything around, and with the exception of our home and my pickup, which we bought, we are debt-free. And I hammered hard on everything to get that out of the way. And as I mentioned to Rico, when we talked a couple weeks ago, we're in the process of selling our home and buying a bigger home, more acreage, more, you know, with a shop. And that has come because we were there to provide the service. I saw the ditch and the need. Yes, I did have the background of sales and, and you know, and, and push on that hard. And I talked to a bunch of people out here who succeed. Those that want to just push me away and call, call me an arrogant SOB, well, have at
1: it. The numbers don't lie. And nope, that's the don't. thing about it, Dorsey. You, you, you are you are more of the exception to the rule. And 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 I and I say that you know, you you kind of help give me a little bit of inspiration because it's just, like I was just saying a few minutes ago. You, we are so handicapped in this industry by settling for well. I don't have to. Uh, I can make money just by. Posting my truck on the low board, and and we we've gotten so used to that scenario that you know the thought of doing something else is is petrifying. I mean, I'm, I'm literally trying to just I'm really just trying to put it from from the aspect of the guy that's that, that the average Joe that's listening in, and and like I said, I understand the whole thing, you know, the, the sweaty palm situation, and it's just something that we have to get over ourselves and do what's best for our businesses and actually tackle that part of being being in business. That's what – because here's a newsflash. That's what you signed exactly, up for when you that, decided that is, to become an entrepreneur.
6: Yeah, and that's what, you know, Kim and I have talked about. Failure is not an option. I'm 50 years old now. I don't want to start back over. Yeah, I can go back, kind of money. But, I mean, we are – you know, we're targeting more of the unique side. I mean, you know, I, I have we have three moving bands now, three uh, Kentucky moving bands. I just bought our sixth trailer. I've got two step decks and then our, our low boy, our double drop. But, I mean, you know, I just did a move down to Chattanooga. And, it, you know, people get upset and annoyed when I say, you know what, it's just not worth me finding anything to go back to New York. So what do I do? I just head back home. But I sell myself as a dedicated logistics carrier. They have bought me to handle their move, and my service ends when I get home. And it works as long as you're you, as long as you're not doing the general. You know, you want to move a box of Cheerios? That's not going to work. Anybody can do that. No, so get yourself it. into a different element.
2: But you know, in all fairness to everybody out there, um, the the vast majority of people that own trucking fleets either come into it from. The uh, the driver side, or they come in from the mechanical side. Very few, and I can tell you there's been a handful that I've met in my life that have come into it from the sales side. It's very unique, and it's very rare. Um, you are one of the few. And most of our listeners, this is the hard stuff, and, and this is where they are. Um, they're afraid. They're not – a lot of them aren't trained. That's the other thing. George, you worked for carriers. You had great training. Um, the people listening to this podcast have not had anywhere near the training you've had. So it's that much harder and they're trying to balance a, a business and they're balancing time and everything else. And I understand where their apprehension comes from. I'm not saying you're not right. Uh, you're a hundred percent right, but you also have an advantage that, that they don't. It's like the six foot eight, 400 pounds, Guy telling a, a guy that's five foot seven and 160 pounds that he if he really worked a lot harder he'd be a better football player. Well, part of it's true, but the other part is the, the bigger guy does have some advantages. You've had the advantage of you know two and uh, two decades plus of sales. Uh, you can go in there. You know where to go, who to go, how to speak to them. A lot of these people that oh, we wear- yeah, you know, the, the yeah, listening to never, us
6: haven't had that experience. That, but, I, but but I don't want anyone to think that I'm not. I I don't get in my moods and don't have my moments where I don't want to go out there and sell. There are times I don't. I get cold, cold feet, cold hands. Where I'm just like, oh god, I don't want to do this. Especially when I'm doing new work for new customers. And that's sure. one of my hardest things right now. Is you know now having employees or a employee wanting to get more and grow more. I have a pretty high bar that I have the way I want, but I don't think they will because if they would, they'd be out doing this themselves.
2: That's right. Nobody's going to do it like George does. I can tell you that now.
5: And and,
1: and, And just want to put it out there for more and more people. I mean, there are different things. We are in the information age go take some time, do some Google searches on marketing, on sales, and 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 try to grab a couple of audio books on sales and marketing and different things of that nature. If you're going to, like I said, if you're really going to be a true entrepreneur, this is no knock or slight to anybody, but if you're going to do this as a motor carrier, you have to equip yourself with not only the knowledge of the FMCSA regulations and the different things from the DOT that we have, to, you know, balancing all of that, but the absolute lifeline to any business is sales. And that's something that, you know, I don't think that maybe many of us really have an understanding of. We think that uh, what we're going to do to work, if we work hard, if we do, you know, if we get in the truck and we drive 10, 10 and a half hours, and and you know whatever it entails the actual part of the actual physical part of doing the job well that's one thing but ladies and gentlemen the most highest paid uh people in any organization are not the ones that are actually doing the manual labor it is the it is the brain trust of those corporations and those companies and they get paid the big bucks because they are doing the hard work they, you know it may not be physically taxing, but it, 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 there's a mental aspect to that that you have to transition over to that we have to overcome, that we are yet to overcome, the majority of us, to be able to bring our businesses into the 21st century. And this is why we are still dealing with, fighting with uh, uh, such simple topics as being paid and, uh, uh, you know, make sure that we get adequate pay for, for being detained at, at shippers and receivers and so on and so forth. These are some of the things that because we are not, uh, you know, some of the bigger carriers, they don't have those issues because they've already got those those things are already negotiated and and, and and locked in. We are not, we most of us smaller guys have not gotten to that level, and this is what we're trying to talk about as far as lifting the industry and lifting the bar as a whole across the board in this industry, trying to make it better. But you know, go, one
6: thing, you know, I do want to say also, Get out there and work to surround yourself and talk to people that are successful in it. You know, God bless everyone out here that does a great job. And, and, you know, maybe even those that don't. I'm thankful for the ones that don't do a good job because it makes my job easy. But get out there and listen to those that are making things happen. I mean, you know, I spent a great deal of time. One of my best friends out here, Joe Cox, I met through, you know, your show and through some of the Facebook groups. Very good friend of mine, very successful, been in the industry 25 years. We'll know what they're talking about. I'm sorry. Somebody that just stepped into it last year, um, we may sit and talk, but I don't know what I'm going to really gather and gain from that side. You know, there's a lot of great information out here, but there's a lot of misinformation, and that is dangerous.
1: Don't let it eat you alive. (laughs) How true. Right, right. And, man, we I'll tell you what, man, we, we, we're a little bit over in overtime. We flew through that hour. It went through so quickly. We didn't even get a chance wow. to touch on the DAT trendlines report, which I will post on the Rachel Lanes Facebook page. Didn't really want to I, – I wanted hey, to try Rico, to get into Rico? it. But, uh, yes, sir. Hey, I was just going to say, that's okay. I'm
6: I'm okay without the trendline.
2: Thanks. <laughs>
6: Sorry, that, that was, was that was that wrong,
2: <laughs> George? I, I anybody else but you, uh, you can say it, okay, buddy?
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
6: well, listen, guys, wait, well, I'll let Perfect. you wrap things up. Perfect. You know, unless you got anything else for me, but it's always a pleasure, and and you know, really, it, it is. It's a t- pleasure and honor to
1: really speak with both of you. Thank you. Likewise. was a you. pleasure, George. Thanks for the call. And <laughs> yeah, for everybody else that's not, George, if you want to take a look at the <laughs> AT Trend Lines report, you can go over to uh, Rachel Lane's Facebook page. We're going to um, post a link of it up for over there for your pleasure, for you to go back and review. Also, uh, if you want to get in contact, with Chuck Snow, Chuck, tell the people how they can get in contact with you and how, uh, what you may have to offer for them.
2: Well, if you need any help with anything or you need loads, uh, especially that guy Mark out of Pensacola, give me a call. I get loads out of there and I get loads into there from, uh, from the Carolinas. So give me a call and get set up as a traffic carrier. You can call me directly, and not just Mark but anybody. Get set up with us. I'll pay you right away. Mike, this is really important. If you're listening and writing this down, my extension is 203. And the telephone number is 800 388 4352. Again, extension 203. And my email is chuck at traffic, T R A F F I X dot com. And we have. Dozens and dozens of phone lines and dozens of people, and I don't want anybody listening to ever go through voicemail hell. Last week, somebody didn't mark down the, uh, the 203, and they ended up speaking to about five people trying to get hold of me. Uh, I don't think that's fair. So just so we don't waste anybody's time, including whoever's calling me, press extension 203. I'm there every day. And I do get back to people. I may be out of, uh, out of the office. I'm actually going to be out of town the, uh, from the 2nd of September till the 11th. Uh, so that week you probably won't be able to reach me. But any other time you can reach me, I get back to people. I will help you with your problems if I can. Um, if not, I'll give you some ideas. Uh, we have loads all over the U.S., uh, interstate loads. Uh, for vans, for reefers, for flatbed step decks, some oversized equipment. Uh, give us a call, get set up, and hopefully we can do some business. Be safe out there. And
1: um, and, and just before we round everything up, you guys go to our uh, Facebook page, Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad. Give us a little bit of feedback. Give us some more feedback. Would you like for us to try to, um and, and it'll give me some things to help uh uh maybe enhance the show a little bit you know would you guys like for us to 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 have a little segment on some different sales and marketing techniques that we might be able to uh bring to bring here on this particular podcast to be able to share and if you are a person that is uh actively out knocking on doors and and, and having a little bit of success if you um would like to share some of your successes and give us uh some pointers and different things of your experience from going out there trying to establish yourself and getting some customers shoot me a note shoot me a, a, a inbox or something on Facebook and uh and and, and reach out to me and if we would love to have you on the show and hear from you what your experiences were you know or uh, let cuz we want to try to make this thing as practical and as real world as possible so that everybody has the benefit that is listening in to learn from those different experiences and, and maybe start to jog our minds to think, hey, okay, um, maybe I might be able to apply this, tip, this particular technique. This may work for me. So we want to try to help um, increase your business, give you some different tips and pointers so to make sure that you are successful, that you can weather the coming storm. Hopefully there may be, there, there's not a storm. And that we'll, you know, this is all a do about nothing. But at the same time, you will still benefit by enhancing your business and benefit and growing your business by utilizing these techniques. So we definitely welcome your feedback. Shoot us uh, information there on Racing Lane with Rico Muhammad on Facebook. Wrapping up tonight, uh, as always, support all of the different podcasts that are on the Audio, Note, Audio Road, Kevin Rutherford's network. Um, Kenny Long, his show is every Tuesday, 7 p.m., Trucking with Authority. Of course, you're listening to us tonight, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. That's the Racing Lanes with Rico Muhammad uh, night. Trucking 101 is with Rick and Melissa Brem. That comes on every Saturday at 8 p.m. And rounding out the roundup is Mike and Kevin Beckett, their show, Rolling Toe, Sundays at 9 p.m. Be sure to check all of the shows out. Uh, if you don't get a chance to check them out live, all of the shows are recorded. They are podcast format. You can always go back and listen to them in your spare time when you're rolling down the road. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody for calling in and participating. I want to thank my daughters back at the home front for taking the calls and screening the calls and getting everybody up and on board with us. I want to thank Mr. Chuck Snow for taking being so gracious with his time, taking time out to come on and be with us and help share his knowledge in this industry to help make everyone better and want to thank kevin lisa rutherford the entire less truck team for providing us with the platform to bring this show to you and with that said ladies and gentlemen god bless you good night you guys be safe out there until next time keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise good night rico god bless you good night chuck thanks
0: for joining us on rates and lanes